You are listening to the Krika Lecture Series podcast, produced by the Center for Russia, East Europe, and Central Asia at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This and other Krika podcasts are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. For more information about Krika's lecture series and public events, visit our website at krika.wisc.edu. Delighted to have John Reuter of our sister institution, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, with us today. Uh, John works broadly <coughs> on Russian and authoritarian politics. Uh, a bit of background here. So the study of what uh, political scientists call non-democracy, which is basically any system of government that's not a democracy, has been one of the real growth areas in the discipline over the past, I don't know, John, 10, 15 Good years, something so. like that. And some of the best empirical work on non-democracy, in my opinion, has been done by John. Um, so his uh, work, uh, just really superb, has been published in all the right places. He has a book with Cambridge University Press entitled uh, The Origins of Dominant Parties. Uh, nearly 20 papers in top journals, including the American Political Science Review, Journal of Politics, World Politics, and so forth. So it's a real pleasure to have you with us today, John, and we look forward to your talk talk to you about today is about uh, the duty to vote under autocracy. And, and I want to make, uh, I'm going to summarize briefly and just make four, uh, I want to make four points. One thing I want to conjecture is that just as in democracies, civic duty, and I'll explain more what I mean by that, the, du the duty is the primary driver of turnout in most modern autocracies. And I'm going to show this with survey data in Russia. We don't have to conjecture. We have the data on this in Russia. <clears throat> Further, I'm going to argue that because there aren't strong norms of democratic citizenship in most democracies, the duty to vote tends to be linked with respect for the state and feelings of patriotism. The reason that is important, I think, is because what uh, I'm going to argue is that um, uh, because the line between regime and state is blurred in, in most autocracies, regime supporters are more likely to respect the state and feel patriotic and therefore more likely to feel a strong duty to vote. Whereas opposition supporters are more likely to feel alienated from the state and therefore less likely to feel a moral obligation to participate in, in uh, 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 elections. This is really important because one of the things that political scientists have noted is that there's a huge turnout gap in autocracies. What I mean is that regime supporters they show up at the polls in much greater numbers than do supporters of the opposition. And uh, there's, I'll talk about it later, there's some existing explanations for it, but I'm offering a quite different explanation for it from those, which is that the reason for this turnout gap is that regime supporters feel duty-bound to, to vote because they support the state, but op opponents don't feel this moral obligation. Okay. so. This project, let me motivate some of these things a bit. Uh, this project um, emerged from a puzzle, which is just why do people vote in authoritarian regimes? Political scientists have long noted that voting is a bit of a paradox even in democracies because it's costly to vote and uh, the chance that any individual is going to have an impact on the election outcome is very small, so it doesn't seem to make much sense why people vote. That is even more of a puzzle in autocracies where outcomes are all but foreordained, right? Um, and yet, lots of people vote under autocracy. 
Uh, in fact, you know, if you look at the data cross-nationally, levels of turnout in modern autocracies aren't really even that much lower than they are in, in democracies. So why do people vote under autocracy? Well, okay, let's get rid of some of the kind of conventional wisdom first. You might think it's all just down to coercion. You might think that everyone's just showing up at the polls because they're being forced to do so or given some sort of negative uh, inducement. This type of coercion definitely happens in, in autocracies and it's, it can be widespread. Um, but the vast majority of voters in most modern autocracies are not being coerced. So taking the case uh, uh, of Russia, and I've done a lot of work in this area looking at individual voter coercion in Russia. And depending on the election, depending on the survey estimate, somewhere between two and eight percent of voters often, Russian voters often say that they're, they're, they're uh, uh, physically coerced or intimidated in some way during an election. And even more implicit forms of, co of coercion, like you know your employer telling you that they hope that you turn out election day, um, that's much more common, but even there we're talking something about you know, 15 tops, tops, 20% of the total electorate that might be ex potentially exposed to that type of, of, of coercion. So yes, this happens, it's important, no doubt. I have a book coming out, or hope to be coming out soon on this, so I don't wanna say it's unimportant, but the vast majority of people in Russia are not voting because they're being coerced in some way. We might also think that I mean, this is a little bit less relevant for Russia, but in, in some settings we might think that most voters are turning out because they're being induced to do so, that they're be being given some reward for doing so. So someone might be offering them some financial uh, 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 incentive to turn out. Vote buying um, might, might be the reason. And I do want to say here that, that this practice is quite common in in a lot of modern autocracies. But in Russia, this definitely doesn't explain it. Vote buying is actually not that common, relatively speaking, in Russia. And depending on the election survey estimate, we're talking one, two percent of voters who, who, are, who are even receiving such, such an, uh, an offer. Another possibility might be mass mobilization. So um, for the Soviet Union, for example, the regime engaged in perpetual electoral agitation and at election time, there was an effort by party activists to visit every, this was you know, a plank, to visit every single home uh, in, in the Soviet Union. That type of thoroughgoing electoral mobilization just doesn't happen in almost, in almost any modern autocracy, with maybe the partial exception of, uh, of China. <clears throat> it's still important in modern autocracies. So for instance, in Russia, uh, 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 you ask people, did a party activist, did you, come to your home during the election campaign and ask you to vote. Depending on the election, depending on the survey, about 10 to 14% of voters would say that happened. Um, and if you put this into a regression, yes, it's the case that people who are uh, mobilized are more likely to say that they, they turned out. But most people aren't being mobilized, and the, uh, it's not explaining a large portion of the variance in their decision to turn out. Another possibility, and I say, big yes, is that voting under autocracy is expressive. This definitely happens, um, and I think is an important driver of turnout. So expressive voting refers to the act of voting um, just for the pleasure of doing so. So the analogy that's often offered is that people go to a symphony or a sporting event not because they derive some consumption benefit from that, but because they derive pleasure in you know, cheering on their team or clapping for a performance they like. 
analogous logic might apply to elections and democracies, autocracies, wherever you vote, you turn out to vote for Putin because you, 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 you derive pleasure from expressing that preference. And in the paper, um, in, the, in the, the paper I'm presenting, I, I do a bunch of regressions where I look at the correlates of turnout in Russia. And we can show, it's hard to measure these things, but we can show some evidence of expressive voting in Russia. So people who have much stronger emotional attachments to Putin or to the opposition are more likely to vote, as you might expect, and as is consistent with literature and democracies. But there's still an elephant in the room here, I think, which is that um, what we know from democracies is that the biggest driver of turnout is what we call civic duty, this feeling of a, that you have a moral obligation to vote because it's your duty as a citizen. <coughs> and this is, I think, it's actually really quite understudied in, empirically in democracies, but it's, um, uh, it, it's really understudied in autocracies. I, I, I couldn't find any, any serious empirical studies or even theoretical studies of this uh, in, in autocracies. And, um, uh, but, okay, so as you might expect, before we get to any theory or more, more complicated empirics, if you just ask people in Russia, why did you vote? Um, there's lots of problems with this, but I think it's interesting to know when, what, when you just ask someone why they do something, what they say. By far the most popular response to that question is civic duty, that you voted, that you voted because you felt like you had some, some duty to vote. And this is data from the 2016 Duma election, but the Levada uh, uh, Center, the survey company that does, that does this poll, they've they, they do, they've done similar questions in other election cycles, and you get similar responses. Civic duty is always the top, top response. Now, <clears throat> there's a problem here, though, which is that people might answer survey questions like this, not truthfully, but they might say that they adhere to the social norm of, of of saying it's a, it's a duty to vote because they believe it is a social norm that should be adhered to, not because they actually really believe that they have a duty to vote, but they feel like that's the right thing to say. So this is a problem, and you know, a problem uh, uh, for studying the role of civic duty in voting in democracies. And, but uh, recently, two political scientists who study American politics, Christopher Aiken and Andre Gley, They've developed a survey instrument, which I quite like, which tries to address these problems of social desirability bias. <clears throat> and what this, um, the way that this uh, uh, survey instrument works is it's, well, first of all, it doesn't try to valorize, it doesn't valorize duty in any way. It doesn't like build it up as something that should be uh, 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 desirable. But the, but the most important thing it does is it contrasts, and I'll go through it in a second, it contrasts duty with another norm that should be, you know, uh, that, that's, that's socially desirable or that, that people would support. And that norm is the freedom to choose. So how does this work? So this survey instrument, it, asks, it says, you know, different people feel differently about voting. Some believe that voting is a civic duty. They feel they should vote in every election, however they feel about the candidates and parties, right? So you have a, an obligation uh, 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 to vote. For others, though, voting is a choice. They feel free to vote or not vote in an election depending on how they feel about the candidates and parties. What do you think? How do you feel about voting? Do you think it's a, 
that participating in voting is a, a civic duty, or do you think that you have the choice to vote or not vote in elections? And you, you constrain respondents to give you one of these responses. And uh, um, Blaise and Aiken, they, they have, uh, the Blaise and Aiken, they've validated this in the United States, and it's recently been validated in, in Taiwan and a couple other places. And I put a version of this question on the 2016 Russian election study, a big, a big election survey that goes out every, every election cycle in Russia. And um, what you find is that about, I mean, <coughs> this is not, uh, look, you, you find that 43% say that they think voting is a duty, and 57% think that, that it's a choice. One quick thing to note here is that these numbers are much, much lower than if you ask people directly whether they think they hold, they think that they have a, a, a duty to vote. So those numbers are about 52, depending on the survey, 52 to 58%. So what this indicates to me is that this is helping to reduce social desirability bias because we end up with a lower number of people who profess that they think voting is a duty. Um, and obviously, I mean, if you put this into a regression to where you're predicting turnout, then, then you know, people who say that they, they voting is a duty are obviously much more likely to report that they turned out. Okay, so um, that's all kind of the motivation for the paper, but I think for me the bigger question is what explains these feelings of duty? Why do some people feel uh, morally obliged to turn out and vote in Russia? Um, the traditional explanation, in, or, well, one of the traditional explanations in democracies is norms of democratic citizenship. So there's this idea that people might feel that they have to vote in elections because it's their duty as citizens of a democracy. And if you don't vote, then democracy is going to cease functioning. You know, the, the system's going to collapse. So you have to, it's, it's your duty to go out and vote. We can examine this in Russia and see if this is what's going on. But I think, and we will, but I think there's already a priori reasons to doubt that this is what is driving uh, the, the, these uh, uh, feelings of duty in Russia. I mean, or in most autocracies. Because, you know, in most autocracies, most people haven't been socialized into, with these norms of democratic citizenship. Levels of support for democracy on average are lower. The number of people who think they're actually living in a democracy uh, is, is much lower. But nonetheless, we'll take a look and see if this is what explains the duty to vote. An alternative view that you see glimpses of, um, and I can, yeah, you see glimpses of in the literature on democracies, is that uh, the duty to vote is not about your commitment to democracy per se, but it's more just about your diffuse level of support for the state. Um, so the idea here is that because feelings of obligation, they usually arise from uh, uh, some sort of respect for authority, and the state is viewed as in, a, in most settings as some sort of authority figure, that the duty to vote might arise uh, that way. Um, and there's a related view here, I'll come back to this, that that the duty to vote might arise out of communal attachments to a community, whether that community is your ethnic group or the nation. Um, but out of this literature arises the, the idea that voting can be viewed as an act of patriotism. So the way I think in this paper is that kind of by process of elimination, since we probably don't think it's norms of democratic citizenship that predominate 
it must be this diffuse support for the state is what's is what driving uh, uh, the duty to vote in Russia. But I think for me the interesting thing is that this leads to some some interesting implications about who exactly living under autocracy is going to feel this duty to vote. And so the main argument in the paper is, is that because the line between state and regime is blurred in autocracies, opposition voters or supporters of the opposition, they begin to, you know, they see that the, the regime is penetrating and corrupting state institutions, and therefore they um, uh, become disaffected with the state, and they're less likely to feel duty-bound to participate in elections which they begin to view as uh, uh, you know, regime-sponsored faux ceremonies. By contrast, though, you can think about you know, this, this from, the, from, from the perspective of regime supporters, they're less bothered by this blurring of the line between state and regime, right? They have these rose-tinted glasses, and as the regime penetrates state institutions, they come to view the state in a more positive light. They, 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 they come to be uh, more deferential to it. And from that emerges feelings of obligation um, and a patriotic duty to vote, I would argue. So the main hypothesis I'm examining is that regime supporters are more likely to express this duty to vote. And also there's kind of a corollary that voters with high levels of patriotic sentiment uh, are more likely to express a duty to vote. OK. Now. You're th this type of group is the only type of group that I would show a giant table like this to. And the reason, <laughs> the reason is because, well, no, I'm going to explain that. But the, the reason is because only a group that cares intrinsically about Russia would care about the some of these. <laughs> right, would care about the control variables. And what, what explains the duty to vote aside from my theoretical ideas? Right? So it's interesting, I think. Uh, so age to. Too much caffeine. Uh, age doesn't really matter. Um, and, well, none of the demographic factors in general are pretty weak, and it's, it, it depends upon the model of specification. But there does seem to be a weak relationship, which I have no theoretical explanation for, between sex and the duty to vote. So women are more likely to say that they, they feel a duty to vote. Oh, I, by the way, so in these regressions, the dependent variable is that survey instrument I showed you earlier, where the, uh, the, the, the question is whether you feel that voting is a duty or a choice. So this is uh, showing you whether people think that voting is a, du is, is, is a duty. Um, yeah, where you live doesn't really seem to matter that much. One thing that almost seems to matter, depending on the specification, is whether you're a member of the Communist Party. So there might be, I don't know, there might be an argument out there that people who are more um, uh, um, socialized by communist era norms or feel a stronger duty to vote because th this idea about it, was, it being your civic duty to vote was prevalent during the communist era. Communist era. <coughs> These are interesting. The education finding I think is interesting because although it's not uh, always significant, um, it's the exact opposite of what you find in democracies. Uh, so higher levels of people who have higher levels of education conditional on political covariance, the political attitudes, um, uh, they're less likely to express a duty to vote. 
And as you might expect, people who are participate in other civil society organizations and social organizations are more likely to evince these results. But okay, on to the main theoretical propositions and the things that are theoretically interesting. So the first thing that we can note is that um, neither your beliefs about whether Russia is a democracy nor your support for the um, uh, democracy as a political system are correlated with the duty to vote. The big things that explain the duty to vote are whether or not you support the regime, Putin or United Russia. So that was that first hypothesis that, that regime supporters would be more likely to evince a duty to vote, and that's what we're fine, that those who support Putin say that they view, are more likely to say they view voting as a duty. And then <clears throat> patriotic sentiments, this is a vague concept, hard to measure. In this particular survey, there's not great proxies for patriotic sentiments, but what I use is the extent to which the respondent supported the annexation of Crimea. Um, this, the annexation of Crimea, as most of you probably know, produced this huge patriotic upsurge in Russia. It could be the case that you know um, people became more patriotic because of that, or more patriotic people and more likely to support the annexation of Crimea. It doesn't matter for my purposes. But those conditional on, importantly, all these political uh, uh, covariates and demographic, those who supported the annexation of Crimea were more likely to say that they felt a duty to vote. I won't dwell on these, but I'll just say that the results are robust to different ways of uh, to, to a completely different dependent variable that that, that uh, uses a five-point scale of voting duty, different measures of regime support. Um, maybe I can come back to that Q&A, but different placebo tests for this. Okay, so one thing that you might be concerned about is that this, this is all what we call post-talk rationalization. So people who voted, they feel good about themselves after voting, and then they say, yeah, voting is a duty. So what's driving this is really not, you know, we're not really explaining the duty vote, we're just explaining people's voting behavior. <clears throat> you deal with it, try to deal with that in several ways. I mean, the easiest way is just a subset on your previous turnout or control for it. Um, and there's some more advanced ways that we, that I try to deal with things as well. Um, finally, one thing I try to do in the paper is account for some alternative explanations that are based on how the regime itself tries to get people to turn out. So you might think, well, what's really going on here is that the regime is telling its supporters it's your civic duty to vote. And for some reason, I'm not sure why, the opposition doesn't ever think of that. And uh, that's, wh that's what's explaining this difference. There's a lot of responses, and maybe I can get to that. And, uh, um, but uh, empirically, one of the things I do in here is I, is I just subset on those voters who were mobilized by the regime by party activists and the results come through. Um, okay, um, that's that. Okay, so let me just sum up here. So I think the big implication of this is that this is why, one of the reasons I think, I think the primary reason why we see these huge imbalances in turnout between regime supporters and opposition supporters. And these are really important in a lot of authoritarian regimes. You can. You can run the simulations on, in, in a lot of these electoral authoritarian elections and show that if opposition supporters had just turned out for the polls as much as regime supporters did, then the opposition would have won. 
Um, that's not actually the case in Russia. The, the, this turnout imbalance is large. It's about 12 percentage points, but it's not enough to ex affect outcomes. But still, the composition of the Duma today would look entirely different if the opposition could just get its people to show up at the, at the polls. It can't. And people have noticed, I'm definitely not the person, first person to notice this turnout gap, but previous scholars, when they've analyzed this turnout gap, they, they've mostly attributed it to fraud. They've said, oh, well, the opposition you know, doesn't show up because elections are fraudulent, so they think that there's no way for them to affect the outcome. But to be slightly critical for a moment, that explanation never made, made sense to me because that, those type of calculations should accept, affect regime voters as well. If, they, you know, if, if the outcome of the election is foreordained, it really shouldn't matter. Uh, you know, it, you know, regime supporters shouldn't vote either because they can't affect the outcome either. So I think I don't think to put it in political science jargon that instrumental motivations can explain the turnout gap. I think we have to look at things like civic duty. <clears throat> the last points are conjecture. We might try to think about like, well, when is it that the opposition is going to be able to overcome these problems and get its voters to turn out? Um, um, I think it's going to be harder for oppositions to do that when there's a you know a weak history of voting norms existing in society. So maybe in in authoritarian regimes that that emerge out of uh, democracies, long-standing the democracies that have broken down, where there were long-standing voting norms, maybe it'll be easier for the opposition to mobilize. I think the separate implication is is interesting, which is that um, one of the things that the literature on democracy shows is that the duty to vote tends to be correlated with communal attachments, and so so it might be the case that it's easier for the opposition to. Uh, um, uh, convince its supporters they should vote if there's strong communal attachments within the opposition. So if, if there are very high levels of polarization on ethnic or class lines and you feel like you have to, to, to turn out because you have a moral obligation to your ethnic group or to your social class, then it might be easier for, mobile, for oppositions to mobilize uh, their voters. And I think you know <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why Modern, modern authoritarian regimes, they don't like to politicize the electorate. They don't want ideology in the public space because once you start polarizing the electorate, politicizing the electorate, people form strong you know, attachments and, 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 and they, um, uh, it makes it easier for the opposition, I think, to mobilize them. Um, but that's largely conjecture at this point. Okay, I'm going to leave it there and I look forward to your questions.